Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. Take a minute, turn the radio up. Take a seat in the pastor's office. frequency, tune in. Get up, word. We're Jonathan Mason. Oh, yes, you should. Take a minute, turn the radio up. And take a seat. Hey, so this favorite listeners, it's Pastor Jonathan Mason. I want to welcome you back into the pastor's office this Sunday afternoon. Do you know that tomorrow we will enter into the 11th month of the year? Uh, I, I say this all of the time. We've got to be thankful to God for giving us each and every day. We ought not take one for granted. And I, I, I believe this to be true. Everything may not be all right, but everything's not all wrong either. So as we enter the 11th month, let's just be thankful for all that God has allowed us to endure through the year of 2021. Let me tell you something. If you can pinch yourself and still feel the pain, then that means you're still here. And that's the reason to give God praise. So we thank you so much for joining us today in the pastor's office. And it's my privilege and my honor uh, to welcome back to the pastor's office uh, State Senator Sharif Street. Now, before I give him his official welcome, do you know that voter suppression is real? Uh, it's not just real in the southern states. Uh, it's not just real in the Midwest. But it's real right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we've got some Republicans uh, here in Pennsylvania that are trying to block, trying to stifle uh, a, voter, a voter participation by all eligible voters here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we wanted to bring in Senator Street. Uh, because he is the vice chair of the Pennsylvania Democratic Party. We wanted to get his opinions uh, and his thoughts on what's going on. So without further ado, let me welcome back into the pastor's office, State Senator Sharif Street. State Senator, how are you this afternoon? Hey, Pastor, I'm, I am doing well. Every day God gives me is a good one, and I feel privileged to have a chance to fight his battles another day. Well, I know you're fighting right now as the vice chair of the Pennsylvania uh, Democratic party uh it, it has come to our attention that we've got republicans at it again uh trying to stop mail-in voting state senator what is their issue with mail-in voting you know uh their issue is that uh the, <laughs> that it's being used by uh young people who may be students uh it's being used by black and brown folks it's being used by uh people in uh you know uh, people who are Democratic voters in disproportionately large numbers to vote. And because they are losing the idea, the battle of ideas, they want to suppress who can vote. Um, prior to uh, Donald Trump's telling people not to use mail-in voting, when Republicans at one point had a, a voter uh, edge uh, in, in mail-in voting, Republicans are all for it. Uh, but now that, they're, that, that there are fewer Republicans using uh, mail-in voting than Democrats, and we've had a pandemic which keeps a lot of people 
uh, particularly uh, Democrats, some of our Democratic seniors out and don't want to come out to to physically vote in person, but still want to use it uh, vote by mail. They want to suppress it simply because they want to suppress the ex- the expression of uh, voters um, who who happen to disbelieve what they believe. Here, here's what I really want our listeners to understand. Here's what's interesting to me: most of the Republicans that are fighting against uh, uh, mail-in voting supported the law in 2019, uh, yeah. and now they're against it. I think one of the reasons they're probably against it is because in the last election where we elected Biden in Pennsylvania by 80,000 votes, 2.6 million Pennsylvanians voted by mail. Uh, Do they feel the grip on power lessening, in your opinion, because we're opening up the process to everybody? Yeah, you know, that's true. Um, But I think they are, it's, it's amazing that in the election in 2020, where we saw record turnout, more uh, more people voting at any other time. Um, uh, somehow, the, 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 there are many Republicans who feel that that is that that's something that's a problem and really something we should celebrate. Uh, we should uh, and as opposed to being focused on preventing people from voting, uh, they should be focused on winning over voters and, and having idea and explaining to people why their ideas work. But they know uh, that people don't agree with their ideas, and it is really the toxicity, almost the cancerous nature of what Donald Trump has done to that party. And so uh, he is, the Donald Trump cancer is eating up what used to be the old Republican Party is being replaced with the Donald Trump Party. Uh, and those folks don't want to compete for ideas. They simply want to uh, keep people who don't agree with them from voting. Uh, and they are trying this all over the country, and Pennsylvania is is, is definitely a part of it. We're fortunate we have a Democratic governor, and I chair the state government committee where many of these bills come through, uh, and was proud to stand with Governor Wolf when he said we were going to stop a vicious voter ID law that was so restrictive, a voter ID law that was so restrictive that the very ID that the Senate issues members would not have qualified as ID under that bill. It's amazing to me. It seems like we've all forgotten January the 6th. Uh, we've all forgotten what happened uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, a movement led by Trump, led by his minions. But yet, State Senator, when I start looking at polling uh, for the Republican Party, it's amazing to me that it seems like they're prepared to elect him as their nominee yet again. I don't know, and I, and I said this before uh, when he was president, I said that four years of Trump is an anomaly, but another four years of Trump will stretch the boundaries of our democracy and potentially cause it to collapse. You know, I agree with that, um, which is why, once again, black and brown folks are going to have to, uh, uh, we, will, we will rise up and save uh, this country from itself, and we will make sure by coming out in massive numbers, that Donald Trump is never re-elected president. Um, but it, it's important that, you know, but, but that is why, because people, black folk did that, because brown folks did that, that's why there are all these efforts to suppress our votes. You know, they want to keep black folk from voting, and they want to just keep brown folks from even being here. Uh, all this stuff about anti-immigrant sentiment uh, is really uh, an, an outgrowth of republic of of republicans who want to in the donald trump branch of that party that just wants to keep uh people with a little with a little uh, melanin in their skin out of the country 
uh, because they know we don't necessarily some of those folks don't agree with them. Um, it is uh, it, it's 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 sad and it's unfortunate, um, and it is unfortunate because there was once a time when um, well I disagreed with what Republicans stood for. They stood for something. Now the this Donald Trump brand of Republicans, uh, you know, it's it's hard to make sense of what what it is they stand for other than you know uh, suppressing vote and following a uh, a crazy person. And how can you be a party of faith? And you know, I'm talking to a pastor here with a guy like Donald Trump who talks about sexually assaulting women. He t- he uses profanity laced uh, 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 descriptions of, of immigrants. He talks poorly about almost everyone who is not him, um, and uh, it, it and truly doesn't represent anything that I I would say is uh, an, uh, something that a community of faith would want to hold up as an example. You know, you know what I say all the time, though, State Senator. A lot of these sentiments that Trump has espoused, uh, they were latent in the country. Uh, they were undercover in the country. But he's created an environment where people can feel comfortable promoting and, and being overt with their, with their xenophobia, with their racism, with their sexism. Uh, it, it, it's really, and you and I are both about the same age, but in my 49 years, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, and, and you're right, we've got to come together as people of uh, black and brown, and we've got to make sure that we get out and vote uh, and make sure that this, this uh, anomaly stays just that, uh, an anomaly, and that this band doesn't come back for another four years. But I did want to ask you, uh, I know that the National Democratic Party uh, has come in to support you uh, to battle this effort by the Republicans. Can you give us an update on where we are in the process right now? Well, you know, we have uh, there are a couple things. One, I want to say um, we have we have been we have successfully defeated him in court, state and federal court every time we've needed to on every piece of litigation. We are currently in litigation trying to stop uh, the outrageous audit that uh, fraud it, I will call it, because it's not even a real audit, where, where uh, the Republicans want to seize the personal information, including Social Security numbers, of 9 million Pennsylvanians who voted in 2020 when they already know the outcome that Donald, that Donald Trump lost and Joe Biden is the validly elected president who won Pennsylvania. Um, so we're fighting that. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, though, one of the things that has been so essential to preserving the rights of people has been the court system, uh, and it is important to mention that um, that on this Tuesday, on election day, we will elect uh, four more statewide judges uh, that will have that can have a critical role in that. We will have uh, uh, Maria McLaughlin for Supreme Court. I think she's doing a great job. We need to vote for her. We will have uh, Tamika Lane for Superior Court, as well as Lori Dumas and David Spurgeon for Commonwealth Court. And I will point out that uh, Tamika Lane and Lori Dumas are both uh, qualified uh, black women from the city of Philadelphia who are sitting judges who are running for appellate bench, uh, and it would and they would triple the number of black folks we have on this appellate bench in Pennsylvania right on the appellate state bench we have right now because we only have one, and that number would go up to three, uh, and so I think it's really important. But for all four of those judges, including uh, Maria McLaughlin on Supreme Court as well as David Spurgeon who's also running for Commonwealth Court, uh, all of those Democratic judges will. Uh, will uphold the rights to vote, the rights, uh, the rights uh, to liberty, 
the rights uh, to for health care for every, each and every uh, Pennsylvanian, and they will fairly apply the law. Um, and that and, and that's something that we really have to do. And it is really sad that the Republicans, particularly Republican Supreme Court candidate uh, Judge Robson, is uh, Kevin Robson is he's using he's running an ad that the Bar Association has said is full of lies and is untrue about Maria McLaughlin and and uh, our Democratic nominee who's from the city of Philadelphia for Supreme Court. So we need to vote for all of our statewide judges because. At the end of the day, when we, we appear before the courts and we have our rights questioned more than other people, so we need to come out and vote this year um, to defeat uh, the Republicans uh, in the statewide uh, uh, appellate judicial races. You're listening to Philly Favor 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3, and we are talking with Pennsylvania State Senator Sharif Street. He's also... Uh, the vice chair of the Pennsylvania Democratic Party, and we've been talking about Republican efforts to suppress the vote uh, here in Pennsylvania. But, State Senator, with the time we have left with you, I want to pivot uh, for a moment. Uh, we know that Philadelphia, uh, your hometown, Philadelphia is dealing with a rise in crime, uh, a rise in gun violence, uh, and and we're 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 almost in, in a state where I can tell you in my neighborhood of Frankfurt, people are scared to walk out of their houses. Uh, I know that you are preparing to have uh, some crime prevention caucus hearings in Philadelphia uh, on next Friday, uh, November fifth. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? Uh, what those hearings are intended to do, uh, and why we as listeners of Philly Chamber, we as residents of Philadelphia, ought to be prepared to come and participate. Well, what's happening is, um, you know, we are having official um, Senate uh, and House, you know, official uh, state legislative uh, crime prevention caucus hearings on um on uh, the issue of uh, how we can pre uh, prevent the social determinants of crime um, from happening, uh, and it is we we know that uh, when you don't when you have a lack of resources for things like youth activities, uh, we know that when you uh, don't have uh, when you don't address uh, uh, the the uh, the stress that goes on in communities, we know that you have uh, when you have a, a lack a lack of uh, educational opportunities. We know that, that when you take away trusted messengers, um, uh, those are all things that can increase the number, the amount of crime. And, as, and, uh, and during you know the pandemic, uh, many of the outreach programs, many of the uh, intervention programs, many of the youth sports programs were all uh, temporarily shut down as part of COVID mitigations. And that not only in Philadelphia but across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, cities like Reading and Lancaster and Scranton, and Allentown, and Erie, and Pittsburgh, uh, as well as uh, rural areas, crime rose significantly. And that's been true across this country in New York and L.A. and Chicago as well. Uh, and as a concept, and, and that happened in part because we were, we stopped addressing the underlying issues and the things that, uh, that give rise to crime um, and hopelessness. And so we are having these hearings to talk about not sort of, uh, not necessarily the things we normally talk about, whether we're going to uh, outlaw guns, because that's not likely to happen with the composition of General Assembly. Republicans aren't going to do that. 
but we should be funding. We should be able to agree that we're going to fund our uh, youth sports programs. We should be able to agree that we're going to make sure that we deal, uh, provide victim services and that we deal with the social services to deal with the stress that happens with things. We should look at things that take young people off the, uh, off the streets. Those are the kinds of things that uh, the Commonwealth can do, and we're going to talk about them. Um, we're going to work to try and get those things funded. We're going to address, address them. You know, this gun violence has been important to me. My, um, we lost a relative, Sal- Saladin Mahmoud, um, on a mass shooting in West Philadelphia on July 4th of this year. Um, where 105 shots were fired into a crowd, five people were struck, two killed, one of them, um, uh, Lala, as we called him. Um, and, uh, you know, we, our family, like so many families, has lost people. And when my colleagues uh, asked about what we should be doing, I said, you cannot bring back my relative, but we can fund programs to address the issues that uh, cause death for others. And so that's what we're looking to do. Uh, and we're looking to do it in a very material way. We have moved some additional money for for crime prevention, uh, but not nearly enough. And so we're looking to do this in a much larger way. Um, we have resources to spend, thanks in part to uh, President Biden uh, and Vice President Harris, and, and they're pushing through uh, a round of relief money. Uh, and now we need to get some of that money to address uh, some of the uh, problems that we have that have that have given rise to violence in the community. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be at uh, Esperanza over on 6th Street, not too far from you. You say you're in Frankfurt, so we won't be too far from your neck of the woods. The address where we're going to be at is 4261 uh, North 5th Street. I'm sorry, there's a uh, located right off of Bristol. Okay? So I, I, I'm going to – I've got to give you some of what I hear in the faith community. Uh, State Senator, and, and I thank you for sharing that information. I, I'm going to make provi- uh, uh, provisions within my. And we want people from the faith community to come out because faith people are running many of the programs that help people in the community. Absolutely, but but let me put this question out there to you. I'm going to come from the you know because many in the faith community are a bit cynical, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because we recognize uh, that a lot of the funding that has been given out has been given out to larger churches that have already heard yes before. And, and, I'm, and I understand in the grant cycle, you want to give the programs that are already operational. But really and truly, when you look at the faith community, it's the churches that have 100 members, 150 members, 200 members. These are the ones that are really the staples in their communities, but they're all over. And, 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 and we don't typically see our programs getting funded. So so my question to you is, as we have this hearing, and I'm sure that'll come up uh, if faith community does come out, I want to encourage that. How do we educate these populations, these smaller churches, but that, uh, uh, to be able, and smaller nonprofits, how do we help them navigate through the system to get to that funding? Uh, so that they can really enhance their programs, because prayer works, state senator. Prayer works, but but a prayer for resources is what we really need right now. Amen. So, look, there there are a couple of things I said. That one, that's an excellent point. It is true both of, of larger churches, but also larger organizations. Period. Um, even with both within and outside of the faith community, in part because larger churches and larger organizations tend to have people who are dedicated just to applying for, for 
for uh, for grants, and 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 that can be a, a time-consuming process. And a smaller church may have people running programs without people looking at it. So in my office, if you call our office at two one five two two seven six one six one. Uh, and asked to speak to uh, Aisha Richardson, who runs uh, Community Affairs and Economic Development for us. Uh, we will, uh, she, she'll work with and help you apply for, that won't get you through the grant process. Um, if you don't get Aisha, you talk to Lisa or Henry or any of our staff, they certainly will, will, will get you, will set up a, help you set up a time for you to come in for us to walk you through that process. But one of the things I'm looking at is there just aren't enough resources. Um, we moved uh, in the last cycle uh, $30 million at statewide for crime prevention resources. I'd like to move 10 times more than that in, in this upcoming program. And, and I have said that to others. I believe it is a, it is a, it is a, uh, it is a, a valid goal. If we can't get that, if we can get, if we, if we only, I'd like to move, like I said, over 300 million a year, but if we, if we only get a hundred, that's better than what we have. So certainly we, there need to be more resources, but I agree. Part of the reason we're having these hearings, Part of the reason we're taking them to the community is that we want to hear from folks uh, and we want to be able to uh, folks to hear uh, uh, us and so and, and to be able to interact with folks to make sure that that we hear things like that. And if it is true that the process is too complicated for uh, or it is we're not getting resources to smaller churches and smaller organizations that might be closer to the community, uh, we certainly want to try and rectify that process going forward. Uh, and, and, you know, it is good to acknowledge you don't know everything because only God knows everything. And the rest of us have to strive to always do better. I think the Commonwealth, uh, as well as all levels of government, must do better. And, and that is part of why we're having these hearings so we can learn and we can do better. And I think it is a, it is a, it is, it should be an objective of ours to make sure that we uh, make this process one that smaller churches and smaller community organizations are able to access resources. Well, I, I, I want to thank you for sharing, and I want to encourage our Philly's favorite listeners uh, to be a part of this hearing uh, at Esperanza on next Friday, uh, November the 5th. I think the only thing we did not share, State Senator, is the time. What time of that hearing will take place? It will be at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. next Friday uh, at Esperanza. I want you to come out, be a part of this, lift up your voice. The state senator is saying there are resources available. He wants to help make more available. We've got to go out there and we've got to rattle, uh, ring the bell until we can get those resources in these communities because I, I don't know about anybody else. I'm sick and tired of the shootings in our neighborhood. Uh, I'm sick and tired of our young people going to jail. Uh, and, and, and as I've shared before, we can march, we can pray, we can give testimonies but we need resources to help keep these young people off the street. Uh, State Senator, I want to thank you uh, for joining us in the pastor's office today. I'm looking forward to seeing you next Friday over at Esperanza because I do plan to be there. Uh, but I always say this to you and our other elected officials here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we appreciate your time, but if there's ever a time where you need this platform to get your message out, we're only a phone call, text, or email away. We appreciate you, sir. We appreciate you too, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing God's work. Thank you. Talk to you later, Pastor. Bye-bye.